Welcome, citizens of Winnebago, to the Rodeo Time Podcast, where we talk about all things rodeo, ranching, Dale Brisby, um, all the shenanigans we've got going on here at the ranch and around the world, really. You, you hear all kinds of things. You know, there's plenty of life advice. Um, you know, we, we, we give you the thought-provoking questions. For instance, your rapper name is going to be L-I-L, Lil, and the last reason you were at the hospital. So, what is that? Little collarbone? Is it little concussion? Mine's a little hemorrhoid. Okay, so so what's your rapper name? Let me know that. And uh, if you have any questions you want to hear on the podcast, go ahead and text me. 940-353-0890. And uh, text me the word podcast and just shoot me some questions. And we'll uh, we'll ask them, we'll, we'll an- maybe answer them here on the podcast. This particular session, we've got uh, my neighbor... Uh, ranching neighbor coming in. He, he's he got a place there next to me. His name is Mick Sutter, JMJ Corporations, and he's an entrepreneur. And that's what we are as ranchers and um, rodeo cowboys, isn't it? So we're going to hear a little life advice from Mick and talk about all things rodeo and ranching. So sit back, relax. We'd like to thank Rock and Roll Denim for bringing us this episode of Rodeo Time, the podcast. Rodeo Time. Got to get her on down the road. We've, we've already, it's, it's all been made about Cheech. It's always about Cheech. He's put himself in the middle of the table, and I said, sit anywhere. I like to sit in the middle. Am I even so, in the frame? <laughs> he put himself in the middle. I walk back in. Yeah, you're in that one. It's, it's because we have outgrown the podcast studio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sat in the middle, and you were like, hey, is it cool if you scoot over? Like, we're in a, like a, child's play middle school table well we we might actually also have one more guy coming um db's neighbor might show up he's supposed to stop by um very interesting fella anyway um what's been going on cheech what you been doing tell us about yourself what you what you been doing eating no i haven't been eating what? I haven't been eating. What? I'm just saying. You're such it, a jerk. It was lunch. You just, you were late. It was, I was lunch. Not late. I thought you were at lunch. I was, but I had to brush my grill. You gotta get that grum out of your teeth. You oh, got yeah. grum? Do y'all got grum in your teeth? What? Excuse grum. me? What is. <laughs> I heard it for the first time the other day. I, I personally time. don't have grum in my teeth. Yeah, no. but you know somebody that does and you don't want to tell them? What is grum? It's just stuff that's just. Maybe for those guys like that, butter, you no, got people no. Have got like like butter on their maybe teeth? food and dip and stuff that's been in there for like a while. Like somebody that drinks like a lot of beer, yeah, and starts like tainting their teeth. Well, and they dip and then they don't get all the dip out and then they go on and anyway. How rum. often do you brush your teeth? I brush them every day. But okay, I'm just, saying, I'm I don't just making have sure. Grum. Yeah, I'm scared of grum. I don't think that's a thing, man. Yeah, I've never heard that. I believe you, but I just never heard of it. I just been really have been ranching and roping a little mm. bit. Real talk. Mm. I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but you we ain't got, been roping in this. I have. I went into an indoor pen and I loaded up my horses and I went home. It was heated and <laughs> it was not heated. <laughs> you so you were roping during snowmageddon? Uh the the first night, the first day we did. The first day we went and roped and then I figured out I'm not a champion. I don't want it that bad. I'm not mad at steers. Yeah. And and I said, it is time for this uh it is time for this little kid boy to go home. <clears throat> Take care of cows. It was too cold. I put out a I put out a text. So if you want, you guys can text me. Um nine four oh three five three oh eight nine oh. Text me the word podcast and uh and then when a new podcast comes up. I can, I'll text you like, hey, just put out a new podcast. Today I texted some people in the group, and it was like, uh, we're, I said, hey, send me a question. If you have a question for us, we're going to do a podcast. One person said, this question is for Cheech. Um, never mind, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> One person asked Cheech, how do you stay consistent roping? Uh, but it sounds like he just said literally. Why did that camera already go to sleep? Did you pre- turn it did on? Did you turn it on? Are the cameras rolling? Yeah, it was. 
We want to jump up and see if it's rolling, Donnie. Got to put a new. Um, yeah. So give us, Cheech. Give us. Uh, give us something. Um, How do you stay consistent roping? That's kind of a vague question. Yeah, like consistent going to rope or staying consistent roping, period, is uh, being consistent. You got to do it every day. Every day. You got to make time to do it. It's your life. Like, that's that's the one thing that I would say. Just get around people that are better than you and and just uh, keep learning more and more every day. If you don't know something, ask them. Well, there's a point where, there's a point whenever, no matter what you're doing, you're trying to get better at where it gets kind of boring. Uh-huh. You know, like like Tiger Woods said, same boring strokes every day. So you just got to push through those uh-huh. and stay in your lane. For me, because usually you're excited about something like right off the bat. You get excited, you set a goal, you go out there like gangbusters. If you're talking about roping, for me, that's boring day one. Hmm. So. Leroy, gotcha. Leroy is insisting I put a roping box at at the arena. I mean, you're already putting lights up. Might as well have Dang, a roping box. We need a timed event side. No, we don't. Dang, that's a good idea. No, I don't. You don't it. even like to rope. I Why know I don't. I just keep messing with you because I know that you're you don't want to do it. What are you so it. mad about? Are you so mad that somebody? Will There's come plenty in? to do on that end of the arena. On my end of the arena. Bears, Bronx, Bulls, Bullfight, Pickup. That's five things a guy can do down there. Shoot dogging. We can breakaway rope. We can team rope. We can calf rope. We can almost trip steers in there. Listen, I team roped once. I got up, took my apron off, walked out of that salon, and said, you know what? I'm going to go try a real man's sport. You know, for all the timed event fans out there, I think... Yeah, your phone's making the deal, I think uh, Dale is a little jealous that... In the PRCA right now. That you guys can do your event and your shirts and, and pants are still starched afterwards? Yes, I am jealous of that. that there is a time to You really only have to starch your clothes one time. Yeah. It's like that a, might be our man. It's like one sleeve. One sleeve doesn't doesn't keep the starch. I don't know. It's... Yeah. Look, you look good, you feel good, you perform very well. How do you get started picking up? That one's tough. You're going to have to find somebody. In my case, <coughs> in my case, you got to um, Screwed on over here, not have enough people at the practice pen. Hey, Leroy, you, you mind picking up? What's up, Mr. Sutter? How's oh, it going? Come on in here. We can hit pause. I might have the right shirt on for this. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, what brings you to so is, is, this, is this going now? Yes, sir. Everything's rolling. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, can we just kind of... We just kind of talk and visit, oh. and no pressure. We're just kind of visiting. So you just get up and go out of... In and out all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. If, if he took a phone call during a podcast, it's probably for uh, something music-related. He's got an album coming out, and uh, he's already put out a ton of songs. Really? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, he's got... I'll send them to you. There's one song that's done really well. It's called If I Don't Call. Yeah, it's 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 done. They played at all the rodeos and serious. Yeah, do you you play instrument? A little bit. Yes, sir. Play guitar. Do you? Yes, sir. You might have to scoot up just a little bit into the mic. There you go. Yeah. I don't want to get in Donnie's. No, you're good. Okay. You're the guest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you play? I've got three guitars and a set of drums. I don't play nothing. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) She shuts the door when I'm down in the basement playing. (laughs) So you just go down there and just kind of play around. I can't do that. But I yeah. can't. I'm music. I love music. Love music, but uh, can't play a thing. Can't and you're from Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Yes. What? Um. Tell us about your business. Oh, it's just a, a commercial store fixture. It's called. Uh, primarily, it's evolved to. I don't. I guess just because of the demand, uh, we build anything. You know, uh, commercially. You know, uh, and bars. Uh, restaurants uh, but the big thing that just keeps us really busy is uh, jewelry stores all over the country canada the islands bahamas uh, uh, aruba uh, you name some place and they've we put one there so you've got a big warehouse and um can y'all hear him good mm-hmm. okay good we've you've got a big warehouse and you guys are literally just building fixtures 
for for like K Jewelers or something like that? Yeah, we we build the. If you name a jewelry store, we probably build it. Uh, uh, you may have heard of uh, Diamonds Direct. You may not. Uh, Rogers and Holland. We build theirs. We build K's. We build Zales. We build uh, Shanko uh, out of uh, Colorado. Uh, we build. We've been really fortunate. Uh, a lot of the big ones. Yes, sir. That's cool. How long have you been doing that? About eighteen years. Doesn't well, seem that long, but uh, yeah, yeah. What got you started? Well, I, on on this, I can't tell the truth, uh, so I, I just assume not go into that. <laughs> part. None of us really tell the truth. Not, not that it's diabolical, but it, uh, basically, I uh, I'm a mechanical engineer, and uh, I always knew because I grew up on a farm in Michigan, a dairy farm, and uh, of course, farmers uh, don't comply to the corporate world very well. Uh, even someone got my degree, and of course, when you get out, you're always generally going to work for a corporation doing something or a big organization like that. And uh, I knew that wasn't going to fly very long. So I was always looking for opportunities uh, to get into things to do. And met this gentleman one time uh, that was two weeks from his uh, second bankruptcy and uh, said he was going to shut down if... Uh, didn't take a partner on, and I looked at it, and it, uh, for some unknown reason, it just looked appealing. Most of the things I looked at didn't. Uh, it looked appealing, so I went into it, and we were partners for a year, year and a half. Caught him stealing from the company, and that became very apparent why he was going into the second bankruptcy. He, he was, he, he was kind of a. But anyhow, uh, we got some pretty good-sized customers. K's, uh, they're the biggest in the world, literally. Uh, I don't know why they want us to build for them. We're just we're little nobodies, you know. But uh, we've been building for them for about eighteen years now, and uh, did a lot of stuff in Texas uh, recently for them. Uh, they own Jared's also. Uh, so call Jared's. Call Jared's. He went to Jared's. He went to Jared's. He went to Jared's. You don't call to get a diamond. Yeah, you go <laughs> down there and you shop for it. Yeah. You look in one of his cases. Find uh, yeah. yeah. Um. So what we 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 end up talking about a lot here lately on this podcast is we've we've had a. So, in the Western industry, there's not a lot of people that put out content, put out videos, and do what we do. Um, cowboys, for the most part, just aren't on camera a lot. Sure. And so, what we've found is people come to us a lot to learn about how to be a cowboy, how to be a, a bull rider, rancher. Um, and that's how. That's why Donnie's here. He. Uh, I mean, how to be a rancher? I want to get into ranching. How yes, do, what do I do? Sincerely. Hundred percent. Really. So I've had maybe ten or twelve like interns. They'll yes. come and they'll stay a few months, and yeah. they they learn the the industry. They learn the craft. They learn how to ride a horse, how to make money with cows, yeah. or maybe r rodeo. You know, like he's learning to be a bronc rider, and. Um, don't bust it up enough yet. <laughs> well, it's early. Yeah. <laughs> Give it time. So um, what I get inundated with is messages from kids or grown men every day just how to get started ranching. And um, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective because, you know, the few conversations we've had, I've, I've picked up on, on your entrepreneurial mind and spirit and motivation and uh you know at the core of ranching that's and, and being a rodeo cowboy that's what that's what you are you're an entrepreneur and i'm just i'm just curious like what advice you would give somebody setting out in a new industry you know trying to make it not only financially but you know it's funny you say that because uh different times you get asked i know you to get asked about all these things and i get asked time to time about same similar question and i think there's a lot of people thinking there's a as they call it a magic pill a, a magic secret that if i open that up or if i drink this or if i eat this uh, that'll make me that you know i think that's a, a big big fallacy uh, i don't believe in that. i think there are certain fundamental attributes that if a person has, they can apply it to anything. Uh, 
That's my belief. I mean, just like they say, take all the wealth in America and divide it up equally. And in seven years, I think the studies say, it'll be back to the way it is right now. Uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, the saying, rich get richer, poor get poorer, there is a fundamental reason for that. That's not by accident. That's not necessarily because they're stealing it, although there's probably some doing that, of course. But it's, it's, I think the key is, is first off, you have to make sure you've developed skills in yourself. You, you, you have certain attributes. You're willing to work hard. Uh, be honest. I think that's very fundamental. Uh, right is right, even if it hurts. Uh, no matter Agreed. what. Agreed, 100%. Yeah, and that old saying, there's a lot of sayings that we all say that we think are just made up by some pie-in-the-sky person. Uh, what goes around comes around. Uh, things like that, how you treat literally other people. Uh, if what you do uh, uh, will come back to you. And I don't care if you're going into a checkout store at the grocery store and uh they undercharge you, and you walk out and you see uh, there are five bucks undercharge you, you turn around and go back because that will bite you. Maybe not by them, but there's something down the road waiting. That's a fact. Uh, that's not just, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, do what's right, 100%. Then the second thing is find things that you enjoy because that saying that if you do what you enjoy, you don't work a day in your life, that is 100% true. I don't have a job. I many times think I should get a job. I literally should get a job. You still think that like at, at the totally. times in your life? Totally. Uh, I should get a job. I've got, now I'm down to about 30-some rental properties, uh, plus this company, uh, you know, I was looking for opportunities on top of that. Uh, but And I don't feel busy because it's so easy. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Yeah. Sure. It is 100% fun. It's not work. I mean, the, the, you, you can go days on end without sleeping and uh, go from state to state, drive all day, work all night, and vice versa. And if you enjoy it, it's not work. And... A lot of people, I think, the mistake is people chase after the end result, the money. The money is just a thing that will come if you do what you do well. And it's something that society needs. It'll come to you. Because as they say, what is it? Uh, the definition of capitalism is... Uh, Basically, your, your reward from society is directly proportional to your contribution to society. If you're contributing, the rewards just come. Dang, I like that. They just come. I like that a lot. And a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, they, they don't really understand that. Uh, I don't know how much rambling I can do here. As much as you want. I just got a call uh, as I'm driving down by a, uh, this young guy. That doesn't mean he's thing derogatory because he was a young guy but uh, it was having to do with uh, I really like one of your houses I would like to buy it, it was a rent, it's a rental property I've had for a long time and I knew what this was about some young whippersnapper didn't know nothing he'd read the book and, and probably saw something on YouTube on how to flip properties and how to do this and that and so I, by the time we were done he was thanking me for telling him off basically, not telling him off did in he, a did he kind of undercut you on it? no no. What he was doing is asking, I really like your property. And I knew what, the, I could smell it. I could smell what was happening. And I, I, I said, oh, really, really? Well, what are you willing to pay? Well, I don't know. I've got a bunch of questions I got to ask you. I said, no, wait a minute. You called me about my property <laughs> and you want to ask me a lot of questions. Well, I said, uh, he said, are you willing to sell it? I said, I'll sell anything I own for the right price. There anything. What are you willing to pay? Well, I don't know. I said, so you've never seen it, have you? No. I said, you have no clue what it's like inside, do you? No. I said, then how can you talk to me about buying it and tell me you like it 
because somebody sitting in an office somewhere has hired you to get on the phone and look for properties where somebody's got a divorce, they got a death in the family, they got this, some tax sale, something, and steal it from them. And then you'll go hire people to fix it. And he says, well, yeah, but what do I do about that? Can you tell me what it takes to do? I said, you know, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, the first thing you do. You're counseling him by the end of the call. By the time we were done, he was asking me questions, nothing to do with that house. He'd forgotten about that house. But it's things like, uh, well, how do I develop these skills? How do I? I said, have you ever built a house? Have you ever remodeled a house? No. Have you ever? I said, first thing you do, you go buy a fixer upper house somewhere. You go buy one needs a lot of work. You go buy the tools. You go, you're young. I can tell from your voice. You go in there and you spend the nights and days sure. and you yeah. fix it. And either you rent it out or you sell it. But then I said, then if you enjoyed it, do it again. And then after a while, you'll develop skills that nobody can buffalo you. If you want somebody to come in and do some plumbing... And they say, well, we're going to charge you X amount of money, and it's twice what it should cost. You can say, hey, don't, don't BS me. I've done that numerous times. I know what it costs. You're going to have this much in materials, this much time, and they can't lie to you. And yeah. whether it's putting a roof on, whether it's putting windows in, whether it's putting blah, 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 anything, anything. anything. I said, you develop them skills. Then, for you, not somebody sitting in an office somewhere just writing the checks for you. Because I said, they're just using you. That's all that's going on. They said, you then develop the skills and you build your own empire. Yeah. Oh, wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> well, there you go. You know? But anyhow, that's the that's fundamental. And I think that, that comes from farming. I, I think... I think farming and ranching, obviously, are, are cousins, you know. Absolutely. Because uh, yeah. we raised cattle for beef. We had horses. Uh, not like you guys and Donnie. <laughs> I, I'd like to try that, but I, I don't. I raced motocross, but I don't know if yeah, I could I get on that bull. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You have a motorcycle, too? Oh, i got a bunch of them. Yeah, I raced motocross. I did it professionally uh, oh, when I was wow. Donnie age. Yeah. I want to do that. Leroy here, uh, he was pretty good on a, on a dirt bike. Really? And uh, one time, my old man, I don't know, know. called a midlife crisis, whatever, but he got a, he got a, a Harley. Yeah, I got uh, Harley. He had a, um, it was a... 79 Lowrider custom uh, shovel head. Shovel head. Gotcha. Yeah. And, 1200. Uh, we're leaving out of Amarillo. He's got this Harley. And uh, he also had MS. And... Um, so and the cold really bothered him. So we're almost we're almost we're getting out of out of Amarillo and uh, gets dark, gets cold real fast up in the Panhandle, Texas. Yes. And uh, this uh, he pulls over. He's like, I can't, I can't go any further. One of y'all's got to drive this. He was a pro on these dirt bikes, but had a broke leg at the time. He's like, Well, I can't do it. So I have to get on this. 1200 yeah. cc. Yeah. I've never driven a, a even a dirt bike in my life. I'm 17, going down 287. <laughs> there was construction. construction. <laughs> there only on one side. There's two lanes. I never with, knew this. With cones, and there's 18 wheelers. Windy. It's on the plains, the the Panhandle of Texas. You know, yeah, so flat. like wind. So like you pass a a, yep. a, a semi. Ooh, yeah. I'm telling you, terrified. I had no desire. But like we're on the side of the road. He's like, either you drive this thing, or we're spending the night on the side of the road, and uh. I go 87 miles all the way to, to Memphis, Texas, where we live. Yeah. And we get there. He flashes the lights, honks the horn. I pull over on the edge of town. And he's like, I'll, I'll take over. Yeah. He takes over and and rides it down to the main street and pulls up in front of all my friends. Like, he rode that thing all the way from Alamarillo. And that's how I learned how to drive a motorcycle. <laughs> I remember it because it was so cold that... You were freezing, and we had to pull over again, and I had to take my pants off yep, so you could put right. my pants yeah. on top of your pants. <laughs> I put his pants on. That's right. <laughs> so you could get there without really? freezing. Yeah. It's anyway. like, that, like that dumb and dumber. <laughs> Wear a pair of mine. I got two pairs of sweat. <laughs> That's good. How did you yeah. feel? What, what? I mean, like like every time a semi would pass. Terrified. I mean, because it, it's gonna. It, it would either like blow about, you away or yeah. almost suck you to them. I'm about to die. Yeah. Like, I just had to learn. I had to. Like I literally had to decide in my mind, like I'm just I'm gonna do my best, yeah, and try not to die. Yeah. At one point, I just start heading for the the ditch, and I don't know how to. <laughs> it's, it's like the first three minutes, and finally I like lean my body, yeah, and we turned. But 
But just like anything, like uh, I'm sure bronc riding, uh, I'm sure is the same way. First time on a bronc, boy, every little move, you think I'm off, I'm off. But yeah. then after a while, you get so you could, you could have a pop in your hand be on a, on a relatively calm. I'll let you know when that happens. You know, but, <laughs> but you know, if you're, if, I don't care if you're snow skiing, yeah, sure. water skiing, every yeah. little move freaks you out. But once you have done it enough times you'd be them semis and you'd just be talking to people you'd just be he yeah, said it'd be pop nothing. yeah, yeah pop <laughs> that's yeah. a northern thing yeah hey i saw on your youtube i think it was yeah it was youtube one thing i would never do and that was that noodling you went noodling. <laughs> oh, yeah. i can't believe you did that me I and donnie yeah yeah oh that's so i fun. can't believe that you would do it now can you talk about that here yeah yeah of course now the the gentleman with the cane pole um, what yeah, was Jeff, he Jeff. was finding them? So they what they there's holes and they have a mark. There's two ways to noodle. So you can like on a by a dam or a dock, there may be like a deep hole that these catfish get in and they'll lay their eggs. And so you can go around these dams and these docks and you can you can fish for them there, noodle for them there. Grappling is what some people call it, but those get eat up real quick because everybody knows that they're there like everybody the locals and and so usually like midway through the summer there's not any fish there so you can also put out boxes and they mark them with a gps so there's it's that you don't put a flag up you know so what he does is is they know the vicinity probably about the size of this room of where a box, box will be oh. and the box will be about the size of this table oh my and God. he's what he's doing he's looking for that box and then he finds it and then he'll just kind of inch his, his stick in, in the hole. Oh, there's one in there. Yeah. And so usually some of them are neck deep where they'll put the box. Yeah, I saw Most that. of them are, yeah. are yeah. waist, you know, chest or waist deep. And uh, and he'll block the hole with a with his with his foot. What happens is the females go in and lay eggs, and then the males will come in and protect the eggs. So that's why they're aggressive. So you go down there and you ball up your fist. If you do this, they'll break your fingers. You ball up your fist and basically they, they bite it, they grab it. And when they do, you gotta grab a hold of their bottom jaw and you pull them out and get your other hand behind the gills. Oh and Now there's one hole in that yes, box? Sir. Only one? Yes, sir. One way in, one way out. There was a couple <laughs> of them that they had like kind of dug out from behind. Right, yeah, a few of them got out. But they'll, they'll get those boxes like this, and then they'll put a big rock on top of it. But essentially, it's just a place where they lay their eggs. And most of the time, we throw them back. Because you can decimate some... I mean, we caught... What, how many did we catch that day? Oh, like, like nine. Nine or ten nine. or something. Yeah. There was a little guy... There was a kid with us that caught two or three. And, and the, the girl, I forgot what her name was. Hannah Barron. She was chewed up. That girl is about it. She's tough. She has to be. She's a little ball of fire. She had she had scars, scars. or it looks like and that was from them biting her. Hundred percent. So what good does it do you to have the glove on if they're biting all up and down here? Uh they had a sleeve that you could wear. It went like oh she just don't care. No, yeah. I don't But none of you guys had that sleeve on. Well, it's for some reason like it's not as like they, you, they can just really tear up your hands and fingers, and so if you get the, you want to at least have a glove on, and then the sleeve, um, is optional because once you get your hand in there, they're not gonna. There's only so much damage they can do. If they've got just your finger, boy, so they'll go to twisting and biting on the insides out. of their mouths, it's it's just like, it's like a really, uh, maybe like, it's a high, sand high paper. grit, yeah, yeah like hundred grit or something like that. That's what it's like, like. There's just thousands of little bitty... It was a bucket list thing for me. And I'd always been terrified of it, which made me want to do it. And so... Oh, I would never do that. Because you see some of these guys in some... Where is it? Louisiana? Someplace. I've talked to guys. Uh, I mean, they had fingers missing. That They're reaching up under a bank. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what's sure. up there. There could be one of these. There could Snapping be a turtle. turtle. Yeah. Uh, snakes sometimes. Yes, yeah, sir. No, there's... And see, we went, I would never do it alone. Like, I, going with Jeff and Hannah, since they're like professionals, they can tell. And these boxes, they know, you know, like he can feel and build. He knew, like, how big they were. Like, Did he? Yeah, what before. Like, well, I noticed when you guys pulled them up and you were 
wrestling around with the whole, but the the spikes were laying on you and touching you, weren't they? Can't they poke you, sting you? I think once they get to a certain size. There are species of cats that have barbs, like, kind of like behind, but those didn't. Those didn't I, I thought what you thought. Oh. They didn't. I had That's to learn I, that that day. I've had it. I've had one come into my hand, like right here. So I've, you've done it too. I've never. I've, no, I've never noodled, but I've had a catfish stick me. I went to pull him out. I went to pull him out of the water to get him on land, and so when I did, I reached down to grab him by his mouth. Like I had him on a on a on a rod and reel. The sissy way to catch him. And no, the dynamite. <laughs> That's the only way I've seen. Well, yeah. we had a phone, and we were. And I'm just kidding. Um, I went to see it out, and he stuck me right here, and I was like, "That really hurt. It, it really, really hurt." Yeah. Oh my but gosh. Do, you, do you do any sort of hunting or anything like that? Pigs. Oh yeah, you love That's killing what I'm pigs. Here for. You slaughter them. Yeah. Well, we try. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> pigs are like pigs and coyotes. They're just just saw one back here. Just saw a coyote. coyote. Yeah. Just saw uh, one. Did you see my recent video where... The calves? Uh, yes. That's now, they will come after that newborn calf. Usually, yeah, they will, but not normally when it's in my lap. Normally, by that time, they'll leave out when they see a human. But they followed me and Joe Well, your dog was fighting yards. with them, right? Right. It was wild. Really wild. Actually, I was driving when I was watching on the way back last night to Graham... Watching yeah. that. I, I didn't know a coyote would be that aggressive. I didn't either. Right. I didn't know they would follow a human that far that close. That's well, strange. Well, that one's not going to follow anybody. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. when you're that hungry. Or or they like just instinctively knew the next night it was going to be negative six degrees. Well, when it gets that cold, dogs can't smell. Really? So, like, they got to hunt by sight. You know, they probably Is that it? hungry. Matt, the one back here was in no well hurry. He, he, I, I had the gun on the back of the four wheeler, but by the time uh, I got the gun, he and he was in no hurry though. He was in no hurry, but had, I didn't have a shot at him. Um, you mentioned something on the phone once, kind of going back to just kind of your philosophy that uh, <laughs> I, th I think about it occasionally. Well, I think about it all the time, but you said bigger is not always better. Well, sure. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, look at the companies in America. Uh, you, you stop and think about how a company, anything. I don't care if it's a company, if it's a country. Just, I, I love history. So if you study history, you look at a country will start out lean, mean, and hungry. And they will look over the fence at these guys that have made it back years ago, maybe decades ago, mm -hmm. centuries ago. Uh, look at the Roman Empire, any empire. That's why the rise and fall of every empire is you start out lean, mean, and hungry. I've already said how many, uh, i got to be careful, I don't want to get into politics here because I don't know where you go with that, but... Uh, how many tree huggers do you think would have been on the Oregon Trail? I can tell you, even though I wasn't there, zero. Uh, because people weren't worried about uh, that kind of stuff. They were worried about surviving. Yeah. They were worried about uh, coyotes, uh, wolves, uh, rattlesnakes, uh, diseases, Indians, uh, bandits, uh, surviving food. Uh, they were thinking about the fundamentals that it takes to live. But as time goes on and life gets easier, you get complacent and lackadaisical, and you forget what got it there. That's why there's been studies done of any most businesses by usually at least, if not by the second generation, by the third generation will be lost. Uh, it generally won't make it. Because the first generation has that killer instinct that it took to create something, the desire, the hunger, and made it. The second generation life's easier because the first one had already plowed the field, okay? So they come and life's easier, it goes easier. They don't know what it took to create something. And by the, if they haven't lost it, the third will. Because there's nothing necessarily that says that instinct was in them. Now, don't get me wrong. I've got a philosophy, it's not only a philosophy, I think it's real, is that first generation that created something, 
and let's say with my company, me, I only have the ability to take it to a certain level. Sure. I, because most of what I do is I love the, the saying, lead, follower, get out of my way. I'll ask you to do something. If you don't do it, I'll say, did you do it? And if the answer is no, get out of my way. I'll take care of it. I don't need you. And that's the philosophy, and that's why I work. Oh. And you tend to, you make things happen because many times you bullet through. You force it through. You make it happen. Well, that kind of mentality only goes to a certain height, certain level, certain size business. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, if you've got a really astute second generation, they can take that if they can sense enough of the ingredients it took to start it and then have the insights to take it to the next level, they can do that many times. Most times, no. So my point back to there, I mean, look at uh, General Motors back uh, 08. Uh, was it happy bailed out, uh, bankrupt? Sure, all uh, three of them. But a, lot of, but a lot of companies, I've always been amazed. The hard part of any company is the beginning. The failure rate is so big. That's the hard thing to do. After the ball's rolling, it's easy to keep, easier to keep it rolling. And so a company gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and the, gets to the point where it becomes a bigger corporation and the people forget even what they produce. There's corporations we deal with where the people we deal with don't have a clue what they produce. They know their job in their cubicle is moving this piece of paper from here to here today. And if I move enough pieces of paper, I was successful today and I'll keep my job. And the, it's all, it gets to the point of politics where they're playing a political game. Whether you achieved something or didn't achieve something doesn't matter as much as did I look good today or did I look bad politically? And I'm not talking Republican and Democrat. I'm just saying that politics in any organization. When it gets to that point, that's dangerous. They don't know what it took. You could walk up and tell these people uh, that I know a way to save you $400,000. Oh, that's nice, but that's not their job. That's bottom line for the corporation that you work for. But even if this corporation's on the downhill slide, uh, I'll still have my job probably, hopefully, till I want to retire. And that's all that counts. I've seen that over and over in a lot of places. And I think that's why big corporations uh, go belly up. I mean, and look at empires. Look at, I mean, look at America now. Look at us now. I mean, we've come lean. You know, we, we were lean, mean, and hungry. We're badasses. You know, you wouldn't screw with America. Look at World War II, you know. Uh, now, uh, I mean, my goodness. Uh, we should have lost the Revolutionary War. You know, ragtag little army beat the the largest, basically, military, uh, uh, military power in the world. world yeah. And we beat them. That's not possible. But it was. It did. But look where we're at now. Lackadaisical. And that's how companies... So, my back to your point, your question, is you can get to a certain level... But that level shouldn't be any higher than when, where virtually all people there understand what you're there for and what the goal is, what, what your job is. And it's not moving that piece of paper from here to here. It's whatever you create, whatever you supply to society, it's the best you can do at the best value you can give to people. And even if the price is higher, that still can be a high value. The price doesn't reflect value a lot because the value, as long as you're getting, the people are getting more than their money's worth, the money can be high as long as the service you're providing. But if you forget that, if you get too big and forget that, then, then you're on limited time. In my situation, what I, when, when you go there with, with that analogy, I think about what we provide You know, would be the entertainment. Sure. The, the the laughter, the fun, the value that you get from watching a and maybe it's just intriguing, 
like yeah. the coyote video, yeah. but I think, you know, or the, the noodling video, most of our videos, you know, it's just, we get ourselves into funny situations or it's a skit. And so yeah. we try to provide that value in that way. Right. And then we offer, you know, a product, yep. you know, we're wearing the shirts and you yep. can buy these shirts. And so what I remind myself every day is the moment that I disrespect the audience that's and right. the value that I'm supposed to that's bring right. them is is not only when I'll it'll be the beginning of me losing, but it'll be I deserve it. Yep, I deserve to lose at that point. Very true. Very so, true. but when you tell me bigger is not always better, that's an interesting take on it. What I took on it was that when you see these opportunities in business to grow, there may be some of those opportunities you want to turn down. Not necessarily for moral reasons, but because like growing your business from, I think you said you had 25 or so employees mm -hmm. and, and you're comfortable with that balance with your personal life. Whereas if you had 125, it may add something to your life that takes away from that balance. Is that, is that? Sure. Sure. Well, I, I take everything. I, I think in analogies, everything is pictures in my mind and how I think first off. Your bottom line is you're talking money. The more employed, you're all doing it for money. Right. Yeah. Everybody's doing every process they do basically for money. Unless you're a minister or a missionary or something like this. There are exceptions to that. Uh, you're doing it for money. Okay. Boil it all back. Money. We're all squirrels. Let's say we're squirrels, hypothetically. Okay. Money. <laughs> the, 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 the commodity then is acorns. Am I right? Yep. Okay, so we're working to gather acorns, right? So we're working. We're squirrels. We're working to gather acorns to be able to buy food and live during the cold months when it's winter and there's no acorns on the tree, right? And let's say you got really exotic squirrels and you can do things like uh, go on vacations. Let's say a squirrel can go on a vacation, <laughs> or a squirrel can buy themselves a, a, a you know, a, a nice tree, a nicer tree to live in, you know, or a nice. But the point being, is once you've accumulated enough of them acorns, to be able to meet the needs that you have, and the reasonable desires you have, what are you going to do with the rest of the acorns? buy a building and fill it up with acorns, I guess. But at some point, how many buildings do you then fill up with acorns that you can't eat or you can't trade for a better tree or a vacation? What do you do with it? And if you've lost track of your, your, your whole purpose was to gather acorns so you could live, and all you're focused now on is, I need more acorns, I need more acorns, and that's the driving force of your life from the time you get out of the tree in the morning till you go back to bed in the tree at night. Uh, how much fun are you going to have? Now, there probably are people. There probably are people that they derive their enjoyment, their, their reason for life by how many acorns can I gather? I, you know, I'm going to gather acorns till the day I die. And, and if I can fill up more buildings, that's my pleasure. Uh, first off, I kind of feel sorry for them because when you talk to them they, they tend to be real shallow real superficial uh when you meet them first thing they want to tell you about is, uh, uh, i just bought a brand new truck i just bought a new boat i just bought a brand yeah okay good for you i like your boat i like your truck i'm happy for you but that's the conversation it's done shallow there's no depth no conversation does that make sense yeah. absolutely they're not they're not Having, you know, can I ride a bull? Can I, can I, uh, can I make it? Can I do it? Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not goals, achievements like that. You know, can I play guitar? Can I sing? Can I, you know, because if your driving force of playing your guitar and singing is totally, how many millions of dollars can I have someday? Uh, I feel bad for you. You must enjoy what you do very well. It's just you probably enjoy doing it. It gives you pleasure. Am I right? Oh yeah, I mean it, it is still exciting sure. to wonder, like man, I wonder what this is gonna do. Yes, like that that's that's that is an excitement yes. for me, but it's not. Totally. That's not my driving. It's not what that's not what makes me pick the guitar up. 
Not at all. Those dollar bills, because if that was the case, no, I needed to put it down a few years ago. Because totally <laughs> right, yeah, it's not making any money. Well, that's well, the way I, I, I was with motocross. You know, of course, uh, everybody that is, gets you know kind of taste of motocross, dirt bikes when they're young, they enjoy it. Almost every guy I know, young kids do. They just enjoy them. It's it fits right, and of course you oh you're pretty good at it. Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess I can beat all these guys around me. I guess I, something strange there, but I, I like that. You know, I enjoy. So you keep going on and on and on until you hit a point where you say, oh, I could make a living at this, you know. And again, at the same time, it's kind of like ranching and farming. Uh, when we were on the farm, you never thought about money. The money was what you had to have to pay the bills. Right. But when you got up in the morning, it wasn't, I'm going to have this much in the bank account tonight. Yes. It was never that. You were thinking, and just like with ranching, you know, I got this, this, this cow that's going to freshen. I've got these calves. But I don't think, probably, that most are counting the dollar bills of that calf. They're thinking, I've got to have so many of these to meet the bills Right. at the end of the year. That's a necessity that, that we've got to do. But I doubt that most ranchers are... Unless you're like a Ted Turney rancher, uh, he, he he's off. You know, he probably don't know anything about a calf being born. You know, right. he, he may have watched it, but he's counting. He's looking at the checkbook. Okay, that's a different animal. Say. Yeah, I, I've mentioned on the last podcast because a lot of the people that do come to me, they they don't know, and they they might have aspirations of one day retiring at a certain age and having X amount of money, and I I just said. I've, to some of these guys, I was like, I think you could you could go down this path of being a rancher, and what you're going to find is is that you're going to get ten years into it and realize there was a number of other professions that you could have done. Where at that point, by now, you'd be a millionaire. Very and, possible. But but the point is, Very all possible. the guys that I know that are happy with this lifestyle, they would rather train horses, work That's cows, right. That's right. than be a millionaire. That's right. You know. And so, for I, I and that's what that's what I took from that. You know, like you're you're comfortable with at 25 employees because you don't want to trade the the going out on your motorcycle or there's only you know, so many hours in the day. Hundred percent. You know, uh, there's only so many. And then, and then if you can find a way to tie the two together, that's ideal. Right. I mean, example, I just put LED lights in a Jared store in Fort Worth, Texas. On the way down here. Didn't have anything to do with the... Here I am. Uh, We installed a jewelry store three months ago in Houston. Uh, And I brought four or five guys with me to install it. We were over here hunting. We got 18 pigs that trip. They loved it. We took some of them home and barbecued them. Never done it before. Uh, If you can find a way to marry the thing... And you made a comment just a second ago... Uh, and even, even, even uh, on your, uh, I think it was your YouTube, where you were saying uh, about what age is too late to get into oh, rodeo yeah. and uh-huh. what yeah. age is too late to get into ranching, what age <clears throat> is too late. Well, why would there be an age? Because like you just made a comment, if you get into something and you got X amount of years before you can retire... Well, if that's what you're looking at, you're in the wrong profession. 100%. I am never going to retire. I have no clue what I would retire from. Because first off, I don't have a job. I had a guy, a friend of mine back home one time. This is probably five, eight years ago. He said, when are you going to retire? And then he looked at me, started laughing. And he said, oh, my God, what would you retire from? He said, you get up when you want in the morning. I hate mornings. So I don't get out of bed till 9 Okay, I hate mornings. Uh, I'll work all night. I don't like going to bed. I'll, I'll work to it, and everybody's long, you know. Uh, he says, you go where you want. You do what you want. You don't have a boss. You, you know, there's nothing you're going to ever retire from. I am never going to retire. I encounter people that I used to work with. I worked when I was an engineer before I started my own. I worked at a couple paper mills. And about 15, 12 years ago, at a mall, at the food court, I ran into a guy that I used to work with. And him and his wife were sitting there. I walked around, hey, Dick. 
how you doing? And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm kind of not feeling good and I'm this and this. But I've only, and he proceeded to tell me how many years, how many months, and how many weeks before he retired. Oh, wow. He was just biding time. And I talked with him a little while and I had to leave. He was too depressing. He was like, if you're living, you're only here once. Yeah. yeah. Why in the world why you do something that you love doing? Can I ask you a question right quick? Sure. And, and, no. And it's on the subject. But I get a lot of yeah, people. Raise your, raise your hand. Tell him mm-hmm. raise his hand. <laughs> I, got a lot of, I got a lot of kids, a lot of younger people that ask the question, well, because I'm a morning person. I, I'll get up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning and, and go. But you, you said you'll work out. all night. You should, you should get checked out. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, because you said there's only so many hours in the day. That's right. And a lot of people say, well, uh, because I used to do, like, work until, like, really late at night, mm-hmm. real, real late at night. Is that something you, you, you did, like, when you knew that you were, like, I can get the I'm most productive and, and, and your IQ was, like, really, really flowing? No, you're, you're getting too calculated. I, I, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I, 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 I don't sit around and calculate uh, things like that. It's, well, no, I mean, like, did you what, did you stay up all night because you knew you liked you enjoyed well, once working you get rolling, at night? Yeah. Once you get rolling, I, I don't like stopping. I don't like stop to eat. Right. I, I, I we, when we're these jewelry stores get a kick out of this. Uh, is I've got you should see the wall of my office. I'm gonna have to build a bigger wall to put more dollar bills on it. I bet with people customers, employees, and what I make you do, they're dollar bills only. What I make you do when you lose is write your name on it in big letters. And then I put it on the wall. I'm going to have to build a bigger wall for the dollar What's bills. What's the bet? It's anything. And one of the things that I tend to do is, a example, if we go install a jewelry store, okay, uh, we do it in one day. One day. We go in and in one, the, from from beginning we unload the semi till we walk away it's one day gonna be one day and none of our customers can do that none of our customers they're four five six days and we've asked our we've had our customers ask us if we would teach our competition how we do it i said just let them come and work with us no big deal it's no secret you know we just work hard we don't stop oh it's a quarter to 12, it's time to eat. That's three o'clock, it's time to take a break. You stop when the work's done. That's when we stop. Now, don't get me wrong, we'll stop and have a pop or BS for a few minutes and then we hit it again. But the, the point is, is, is that once you get rolling, you're up to speed. Then just keep going until you're done with that part. Or I've never calculated that out, like you're saying. Well, no, it it's, not, it's not so much a calculation. It's more so... The question is, is like, uh, you can be a morning person and you can be an sure. evening person, but once you're rolling, yep. like, just you, you answered the question. Yep. Like once you're rolling, you're just well. Thankfully, go there's with both. It. Yeah, yeah. My son gets up, uh, I think, like five, five, five thirty in the morning. Sure. He comes in and opens the doors, and by the time they laugh, when I get in there, half the day's over. Sometimes something will happen, and I have to be in the shop uh, early. You know. 8.30 or so, you know, and, and I'll work for two or three hours doing something, and I'll look at the clock thinking it's time to almost quitting time. Guys are going to be leaving. I go, oh, my gosh, it's only noon, you know? And they go, yeah, when you get up in the morning, you get a lot more done, don't you, during the day? But, you know, I get a lot done when uh, other people aren't bothering me. Mm-hmm. People aren't walking around asking questions or how do I do this or what do you want me to do here? Now, you have to have somebody there that can answer them questions. you got to be available to answer them, don't but. Yeah. So what do you, how do you, I guess that's a lot to take in for somebody that wants to be a rancher. How do you mean? I don't know. I'm just thinking of like, like. Yeah, but do you know anybody? I, I, it seems strange to me that somebody that's not a rancher, I'm just trying to picture who, where would the person be in life? Where would they be physically living? Uh, that says just one day, I want to be a rancher. I mean, it's not like I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a dentist. It's a, a rancher is a, 
is not an occupation, it's a way of life. Right. So how does somebody just one day out of the blue say, I want to be a rancher? Maybe that's why... It's either you are or not, and you have to have, I think, have maybe been brought up with it to some degree and exposed to it, whether it be your, your family or a relative that you enjoyed it a lot, you hung around with, like, uh, you know, I understand some of the interns that you have in maybe, uh, that they really get a taste of, of this and go, I love that. I just love it. This is what I want to do. That I could understand. Mm-hmm. But they had to have tasted it. Mm-hmm. They can't just see a billboard with the Marlboro Cowboy on it and say, that's what I want to be, you know? I think um, just seeing videos and stuff and, like, watching movies, I think that counts as maybe, like, getting a tape. They have an idea yeah. in their head, and they maybe not don't fully understand, like, what that means to be involved. Like, oh, of course not. That, it's just an idea that's planted in their head, and they think what they think it is is probably romanticized a lot well, of course and, it is. yeah i want to be a cowboy i want to be a gunslinger yeah i mean i was laying out there if she's are you listening no guess not <laughs> yeah i always thought i'd be a good gunslinger i'm my reactions you know i know some motocross starting lines you know my reactions are very fast you know i thought i'd be good you know i'd like to have been a wyatt earp or a doc holiday or you know this and that but the romantic part of it that you see and read about is not the reality of spaghetti all westerns long. just brought back to life. Yes. Yeah. they don't ever put themselves in their shoes and try yeah. to have that mindset. Yes, of, man, I wonder what that what his heartbeat and what was going through his mind right there. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably scared to yes. death, but he's not going to show it. Or a, or a cowboy, you know, on the Chisholm Trail, uh, taking cattle north, you know. Up through Oklahoma and that, you know, that's pretty romantic. You know, I love riding horses. I love having a six gun. I love having a cowboy hat. But the majority of their life was so miserable, dirty, <laughs> hungry, yeah. sleeping uh, with the rattlesnakes yes. and cactuses. And, that. and of course, then once they got to town and got a couple dollars, they let loose, you know, and that's the part that the cameras are picking up on. You know, you know, right now in, in, in the Western industry, you know, of course, we're going through uh, you know, a lot of rodeos that aren't happening, yeah. but, but I talked to, uh, you know, a couple rodeo committees and, and people that are not, they're not rodeo cowboys. They're not contestants. Uh, I talked to a lady, uh, indicator the other day and she goes, I just can't wait for Fort Worth to happen again. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, like, and a lot of us can't sure. She goes, you know what made me a fan? She said, you know what made me a fan of rodeo? She wasn't a fan of rodeo at first. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes, I went to Fort Worth for the first time. I took my kids with me. And uh, I was just really thinking into the, I, I put myself in a non, uh, as a non, just not a fan, right? right, like right. Just, just a normal ticket buyer. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, it made me a fan when I heard the sounds. I heard a smell, the smells, yeah. and walking into that building, smelling all of that and hearing all of that, it just takes you, it is able to kind of, it turned them into a fan because they were able to experience all of that in one. Yes. And and I guess like it was just the being able to, I guess, the announcers, the cowboys, the stock, everything coming together to put a picture in their head to make them think, man, this is really cool. And these guys go from town to town, right? And I said, yes, ma'am. Yeah. She goes, it's really interesting, and that's why she said, I will forever be a fan of But Rodeo. see, it's really cool for that lady. Yeah. And it's really cool for the fan. But you take the guy, and you guys can speak to this uh, in Rodeo, and I can speak to it in Motocross, is the time that lady sees is a snapshot. Sure. A fraction of a second. I know, like with Motocross, uh, I always said, if I didn't practice at least seven hours a week, that's at least. And that's on top of getting in shape. I mean, yeah. I grew up on a farm, so we'd bale hay all day, milk cows in the morning, bale hay all day, milk cows at night. Then I would go running with my work shoes on. Sure. I would go run. If there was time then during the day when we were waiting for the hay to dry, it wasn't dry enough, that's when I would jump on my bike and I would ride for an hour, hour and a half. The time the quote fans saw on Sunday was this much. Absolutely. That, I mean, I remember times coming to the track to practice and 
I don't want to do this. It's hot. I don't want yeah. to go. I'm yeah. tired. But you have to. <clears throat> yeah, they, they're... I think that that's a really good way to put it, you know, because it's not like golf. It's like, I'm interested in golf. You know, when you say I'm interested in being a rancher, like this isn't just a little thing you can do for two hours a week. It's a commitment for your life. People don't understand the gravity of that. And so I think that's where, and I've had people come here and they want to learn it. And it's like, yeah, I want to be a rancher, but I I also want to do this, 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 and this. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I want to be good at ranching and make money ranching yeah. and, and do these other six yeah. things. It was like, no, 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 no. Yep. If you're going to be good at ranching and you want to make money ranching, like that's all you can do. You got to do the for others. the next 14 years. And then maybe you'll make money. Well, it's like in you guys, when uh, that one YouTube where you guys are out getting them twin calves in the snow. Right. And you guys have to put them in the truck and then they piss on you. Yeah, either that or Donnie pissed his pants. I don't know which yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's the part people don't. Uh, no, I don't want none of that. You right, know? right. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I don't See, want none of that. See, the romantic thing we do is 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 uh, spring works. Yeah. We drag calves. Yeah. And happens one time a year. You know, yes. the most, the biggest ranches in the state. It takes them a month, about to do yeah. that, and. It's as a cowboy, it looks fun. You rope, you ride your horse, you flank the calf, you yeah. gather these big pastures. But there's 11 more months in a year. It's a lot know? more to it. <laughs> and so it's they see all the highlights it. on our videos yes. and they think that, you know, you do that stuff every day. That's right. And yes, they right. see the race on Sundays. Yes. But more <clears throat> analogy to me, I say, you know, musician there is uh, <laughs> have you guys ever seen uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra? Yes. Concert. I, I, the standing joke is they're going to call me and want me to play in their band. Uh, th- that's, Lane, we're still waiting for the phone call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you watch these guys on stage, and they're prodigies. They, they, these guys are not musicians. They are the things they can do, and they're not paying attention to it. They're off talking and laughing and talking to people, and, and, it's, and it's all going 100 mile an hour. You know, That didn't come from that day. That the amount of hours them guys spent to get to that point is the part that, that you don't see. Yeah, that's right? the twenty thousand hour mark. That's not the ten thousand. That's hour exactly mark. right. Uh, that's exactly right. And that's why I, uh, that uh, my question to begin with, uh, it, I just can't picture somebody calling up say I've never been a rancher, but it looks like something I'd want to do. How do I do it? Yeah. Well, well, if your daddy's rich, maybe, yeah. uh, that, that'd be the first good step, right? I get those questions every day, all day. But all they, day. but if, if you had rich relatives or, or you were rich, yeah, you could do it. Sure you could. That'd be the good way to do it. But they'd have to hire guys like you to take care of the, the calves in the middle of winter and the snow right. and keep the coyotes <laughs> off them and get pissed on, right, Donnie? Yeah. <laughs> That's what would have to happen, you yeah. know? How we normally uh, wrap these up, we uh, we go around the horn and we give uh, some life advice. So, uh, Lori, you want to start? Hmm? You got some life <laughs> advice for us? Uh, just my normal. What's yeah. that? What's your normal? Uh, say your prayers and wash your hands because germs and Jesus are everywhere. <laughs> That's a good what one. What you got, Cheech? Just keep working. Just be patient keep working. That's all I got right now. Uh my my fun one is uh, always give a hundred percent unless you're donating blood. But, but here here lately I've been saying uh, a man has two lives and his first one starts when he realizes and his second one starts when he realizes he only has one. Um, Donnie, what you got? Life's not all about acorns. Bingo! <laughs> I like that. Um, before you give us your life advice, just give me real quick your. Your perspective on you told me who who actually owns your business? Oh God, does there's no two ways about that. That's not a. I'm not an intelligent person. I believe me, uh, that's the honest truth. I mean, there's no two ways about that. We don't advertise. We we don't. It, my gosh, we don't even get lulls. We're supposed to have lulls December, January, half of November. Because the retailers are all shopping season stuff. We're supposed to have lulls so we can take care of other things, paint the shop, put in new equipment. Sometimes I use the guys to go work on my apartments sometimes. 
we don't have lulls. We don't have lulls. It comes in faster than, than it's got. But you always remember uh, that can be taken away as fast as it came. It's no guarantee because there's nothing in the Bible that I've ever read said if you do, if you follow God and do what's right, that you'll be rich. I don't see that analogy. Now, there's some TV shows on Sunday i will try to tell you that, you know, but I don't see it. Not at all. But you'll be happy. So, so what's your life advice for us? Well, that's kind of how I lead it, how I do everything. It ties right into what I just said, is that always do right. Because like I tell my customers, it's not you that I'm doing this for and that I have to satisfy. It's a bigger power than you. And if I do what's right in God's eyes, the customer's going to be more than happy. Mm. Amen. So you don't cut Dang. corners. Yeah. You don't cheat. You don't you, you don't take advantage of people. And I'm saying employees. I don't care who <laughs> customers, employees, uh, suppliers. You don't cheat them. Donnie, did you nudge me? Not on purpose. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you need to listen to this, Dale. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not on purpose. I'm just kidding. Well, thank you, Mr. Sutter, for thank coming you. in. Uh, neighbor of mine, uh, fellow rancher, and a uh, great entrepreneur. Um, this has been Rodeo Time Podcast. Text me, 940-353-0890, and uh, let us know what you want to hear on the next one. Pow, pow, and keep on keeping on. You bet. Good luck.